And it's called managing your emotions when your spouse is deployed. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right. You are listening to Station with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis Jesse. And before we get started, let me just let y'all know that these are all my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all. Hi, peeps. So good to be back with you all. And so let me just start off, y'all. I have to apologize. It came to my attention. A friend messaged me and asked, are you okay? We did not see the podcast up last Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, what the, what the, the podcast is not up, y'all. I have the podcast ready for you all every Monday. I have not missed a Monday. I had a clearly announced break right last year, but the podcast keeps going. When I say I'll be back next Monday, barring all catastrophe, I am back, right? Prayerfully, I don't have any catastrophes that keep me from posting when I say I'm going to post. And y'all, so I was really confused. So sorry, so sorry. I definitely had the podcast ready. I thought I was so clever because I had it ready in advance and I pre-set the date for it to be published, the date and time, and y'all set it to May the 28th. Ridiculous, okay? Ridiculous. And so, so sorry about that. If you did not listen to last week's episode, please do go back and listen. It is a good episode. I am so sorry it was not published on time, but let me tell y'all, it was ready. It was ready to go. All right, so let's move on into this episode, y'all. I have another book that I need to review for you all because, y'all, these books, I go through them. I go through them every week, and this past week, I finished Anxious People. Now, this book is by Frederick Bachman, and it came out in 2020, And y'all, this book, I listened to this book. It has been on bestseller lists for a while. And I saw it. The reason why I read it was because I saw it in my collection of Audible books. Just suggested for me, okay? So I thought, okay, you know, it came out not too long ago. Let me read the book. So I listened to it. And my three words are non-normative, nutty, merciful. Now, y'all, this was a different type of book. It really was different in terms of what I have read and reviewed in the last couple of months. Fiction, okay, so that's first. Fiction, and it is adult fiction. And it was non-normative because the premise of the book is set up to subvert expectations later. So I don't want to give away what that is, but it's really important for the reader to go in with whatever expectations you have, whatever assumptions you have, and just read the book as it unfolds, okay? Very much a conversational tone to it. You feel like you're in this buddy relationship with the narrator, and they're just relating these events that are 
seemingly separate events that may come together in some kind of funky way. And so you're reading it. You have kind of this buddy-buddy relationship with the narrator. And the premise really sets you up to potentially be exposed. Let me say it that way. To be exposed. Your expectations. It really subverts expectations. So I call it non-normative in the way that it wants to set up a premise just for it to kind of subvert and and poke at some of your expectations and your assumptions, okay? The second word is nutty. Y'all, nutty in just a wild, kind of strange, odd way. The characters are nutty. The storytelling is nutty. It really is not told in any very linear way. It's all over the place, very intentionally all over the place. And the characters from the very beginning, you have some nutty characters. And let me just say that the narrator is Marin Ireland. And the narrator at sometimes, I loved it. And sometimes I was like, okay, you are nutty. This is nutty. The characters' voices really come to life. And so I would say this is a book that was pretty fun to listen to. Marin Ireland did a great job, okay? But it's nutty, the, just the way that it's narrated and the way that the characters are in this in this situation just dealing with the the situation at hand, right? The the main thing is that there's a robbery, okay? So the way that they are dealing with this robbery that turns into a crisis situation and the way that they as hostages are responding to the questions of the police officers. I mean, from the very beginning, it was like, you all are nutty. What is wrong with these hostages? And so that made it very funny and just really maddening at times. But it's nutty. And then Merciful. It is a book whose characters and I would say overall the arc of the book is reflective of mercy and what it means to be merciful and what it means to be forgiving. And honestly, the book is called Anxious People. Every character has their own stressors and they're anxious about something. And it's really reflective of just mercy, extending mercy, mercy for mercy for others, mercy for oneself. And it's, it's really one of those human-focused books. Quite, quite a read. Very interesting. Kind of wild. Once again, my words were non-normative, nutty, merciful. The book is Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Came out in 2020. Check it out if you so choose. All right, y'all. Moving on to the topic of the day. It's okay to get sad. And I have been thinking about this episode or how I would do an episode like this for a while. And and really, it was spawned by a conversation I had months ago. I want to say I had this conversation in November or December of last year. And I was talking to a military spouse, and she was just saying how she just deals with sadness when her spouse is gone. And she had kids, three kids, and, you know, they had already been in this lifestyle for Many years, you know, all of the kids' lives, I believe they were all had been in this this life and 
this was over a decade, you know, nearing two decades of time dealing with this topsy-turvy schedule and deployments, underways. But even at that, she still got sad. And she put it to me this way. She did not feel like she was ever 100%. She never felt like she was thriving. She never felt like she was really moving on all cylinders when her spouse was gone. She said she always felt like she was just making it, just barely getting by. And that was that was fascinating to me because she seemed to be someone who was getting by just fine. She seemed to be someone who was very active. And because of how active she was in her community, it seemed as if she was pretty happy, you know, with life and happy with the circumstances, whether he was in port or not. So I was really surprised to hear that she just felt like she was getting by. She just didn't feel like her full self when he was gone. And to be honest with y'all, I definitely, I had some thoughts about that, okay? I think my initial response was a little bit of pushback. I'm like, how are you not your full self? You are your own woman. You have to be 100% you regardless of who is around and who is able to be present for you. You have to still feel and be yourself, okay? Regardless of what's happening, you have to hold it together. And I know that's a lot of how I was raised. You know, you hold it together, especially as a woman. You hold things together, girlfriend. You get it together. You keep it moving. You keep it trucking, whether things are going right or wrong. And especially, you know, if your spouse is, you know, able to help you out or if they're away. And, you know, obviously I didn't get raised in a family. I've talked about this. You know, no one was military, in my immediate family until my brother went off and joined the Air Force. But I mean, before that, no one, no one. So, you know, the conversation wasn't about deployments, but it was about, you know, no matter who's in or out of your life, be able to hold your own. That's a conversation that, you know, I heard ad nauseum, hold your own, hold your own. And so when she said that to me, I just, I was just like, Mm-mm, I don't like it. I don't like the concept of not feeling your full self. I don't like the concept of barely getting by, but you know what? It is so important to validate that it is hard when our spouses are deployed. Okay. And I've talked to different spouses about this in different ways. And those who have Children, those who don't have children, little ones or teenagers, talk to so many different people. And although I haven't had a conversation quite as frank as it was when I talked to her and how honest she was with her emotions, it's important to validate in public that, y'all, it can get hard. And by the time this airs, my spouse will have left. And, you know, that lead up to it, you have those emotions like, okay. We are about to have this period of separation. Thankfully, I'm not going to be in that situation that a lot of spouses find themselves in where they're gone for eight, nine months. I mean, that's that's real for many people. That won't be my story. But just, you know, even if it's a shorter amount of time, just a couple of weeks or so, it's still 
separation, okay? A type of separation. And so it's one thing that my my grandmother would say. I remember growing up, you know, if you ask her if she ever got bored or if she ever got, you know, lonely or whatever. And she would say, I don't have time. I'm too busy. I don't have time to be bored. I don't have time to like think about problems or be lonely or whatever because I have so much going on in my life. And y'all, that has stayed with me. And I definitely try to keep myself moving and busy. And that's something that people tell you a lot, just to keep it moving. And so just wanted in this particular episode to share a couple of things that I found. And this is a little bit different than I usually do because I'm usually just kind of my opinions, my thoughts, right? My thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts, <laughs> just share that. But I think it's important in this conversation to share resources. So if you are new to this military life, okay, if you're one of these new military spouses, and you know what? Also for those who are not part of the military community, you can look this up. It's online. It's open source, okay? Militaryonesource.mil.mil, okay? And on militaryonesource.mil, you find all types of resources. So if you have not connected with that, just know that there are so many different resources that you can find there. And there are several articles, but this particular article I read is a pretty quick read and it's called Managing Your Emotions When Your Spouse Is Deployed. Okay, it's just right on the head, nail right on the head, right? And so there are some things that it tells you about what to expect. Okay. So before the deployment, you might be confused or stressed or resentful or depressed, or you feel impatient or you feel hopeless, or you start to physically detach, right? You become distant or emotionally distant. And so, you know, they give you some advice in this article on what to do to keep the lines of communication open, to create opportunities for lasting memories, right? I do that a lot. Y'all, I'm always like, okay, we're going to do this and this and this before you leave. Okay. Always trying to do the most, but that's about creating these memories. And they also, in this article, tell you to get to know other military spouses. Y'all, you know, that's what I'm all about. That is what I am all about. Um, During the deployment, list quite a few things. I won't read everything, but just a few things. Don't try to hide your feelings. Don't try to hide your feelings. And obviously being attached to the military in some way, the thought is that you are tough, that you are strong. And that's really the facade that we have is you are tough and strong. Your spouse is tough and strong because they're in the military. They're disciplined. They know how to handle and regulate emotions. They know how to suppress, you know, not such a great thing, but they know how to suppress negative emotion to just get things done and complete the mission, right? They they don't let emotions get in the way of the job. And so by extension, spouses, right? The families, they don't let the emotions get in the way, but y'all emotions are here to stay. And that's one of the things that they say here. Do not hide your emotions and to concentrate on what you can control, Concentrate on what you can control and to take care of yourself. So there's a couple of things more that this article talks about. But let me just let me just 
harp on one particular thing, y'all, because, you know, I have to just be transparent. One of the things that I definitely do, and there are a lot of things y'all know, I don't know. (laughs) There are a lot of things that I do not do well and I'm still working on. But one thing I know that I do, I reach out. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen, and I know for some of you introverts, you're like, ah, you know, I like to kind of be in my little hole and I don't need too many people, but I definitely am the type of person who will reach out. And so y'all in expectation of having my spouse be away. Okay. And I knew that I was going to start feeling emotions. I was like, you know what, girl, you're going to get out here. You're going to have to be able to keep your mind off of these maybe sad emotions that are going to pop up. So get that community popping. And I did that as soon as I got here, you know, reaching out to some of the spouses who are part of the same command, same community, same ship that my husband is on so that we can kind of come together, right? We are going through the same thing. And that's one of the suggestions that the article poses, okay? To get together with people. So y'all was like, listen, to keep the spirits high, let's go on a little trail. And that's what we did last week, y'all. We went on a trail and it was really nice. It was quite easy, had a little bit of hard (laughs) uh, in some of the parts of the trail, but it was a really nice woodsy trail that led to a beach park. Really nice. And it was cool because I got a chance to meet some spouses who I hadn't met yet and then see some friends who have and see some friends who I've already spent time with and so that was really cool but we all are in the same boat we are all dealing with okay our spouses are gone and you know these feelings are coming up and I just wanted to get that train moving as soon as possible right get that rhythm of y'all, we're going to go out and do trails every week or every other week or whenever, right? But we're going to get together and we're going to check on one another and we're going to make sure that everybody's okay because these emotions, these emotions come up and being transparent. I've had, you know, my good days most of the time, but I have my moments where I really do feel like, wow, this is, this sucks. This really sucks. And I wish my person was here. And y'all, I get to move it. I am most happy when I am moving around. So you will probably see me if you are watching me and following me on Instagram. Y'all, you know, stationed underscore story. If you're following me there, you'll see that I'm here, there, everywhere. And that's just my happy place, y'all. It keeps me busy. It keeps me focused on positive things. And, you know, whether it's with other military spouses or with other people, in my community, church members, friends from other places, I'm out here, y'all. And I'm always trying to find some way to plan a trip while my husband is away. (laughs) And so uh, thank goodness I have already kind of gotten that situated while he's gone to be able to spend some good quality time with friends and do some things that really make me feel good because it is important. It's okay to get sad. It's important, though, to make sure that you are dealing with these emotions in a positive way. And so with that, let me just share once again, I was looking at militaryonesource.mil. There are lots of resources 
And included in that article they have at the end is asking for help. And that's really important. So for those who are military spouses, if you are dealing with deployment blues, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling lonely, you can reach out, okay? That insurance is good. You can talk to a counselor and it's confidential, okay? So if you want to do that, definitely check out the resources, look into it, get in contact with your ombudsman for your command or go onto militaryonesource.mil and they will point you to the right resources to make sure that you get counseling. And there are other support systems that you can really link into. There are classes on how to deal with some of these stressors. So definitely link in, okay? Definitely tune in, tap in. Do not go through these feelings alone, okay? All right, y'all, moving on to the last portion of the podcast. Y'all, I am excited to be sharing with you another flash fiction piece written by me, and it is called She's No Queen of the Jungle. After hooking the sole of her boot to the outer bark and taking hold of the lowest branch, Makana heaved herself up the sycamore tree with all her might. By the time she climbed up several feet to a steady branch, she figured she had escaped. Danger effectively dodged. Down below, the Rottweiler pawed at the tree trunk, still barking. She sighed in relief. Leaves rustled and she flinched. Makana now faced down an angry squirrel. Apparently, this branch was its branch, and it let its disdain be known as it thumped its body across Makana's torso and up her forehead, climbing to a higher branch. A baby squirrel followed, but was much more curious. It stopped to sniff her knee before taking Mama or Daddy Squirrel's path up her body. Makana shivered. The baby squirrel was cute, just like the babies of many other species, except its parent almost sent her falling head first to a most certain death. Plus, squirrels were much weirder looking creatures up close. That, and she hated the sensation of paws and claws on her skin, which was why she was up here in the first place, to avoid paws and claws. Makana looked down at the ground. The Brady family's loose Rottweiler was bored now. His barking grew less and less severe until he finally, reluctantly, turned away. This was good. Now Makana just had to figure out how to get back down. Plus, her stomach growled, so getting home for dinner sat high on her list of priorities. If she delayed any longer, her mother would get worried. This was her first time taking an evening bus home from school, and she wanted to prove that she could handle this new freedom. Theater club was rehearsing The Lion King, and she'd been casted as Nala, Queen of the Jungle. It was at this moment that she heard the meow. She hadn't heard it above the Rottweiler's barking or the drumbeat of her racing heart. 
McConnell craned her neck up just in time to see a flash of white fur leap towards her, paws first. The cat bounced from her shoulder down to the ground in two smooth moves, sending a startled Makana tumbling to the ground behind it. Banged up, Makana took a few minutes to catch her breath. By the time she looked up, the acrobatic cat had disappeared. Apparently unscathed and unconcerned about its human launching pad. Brushing off leaves and dirt and twigs, Makana moaned as she raised her forearm, stained brown and smelly. Dog poop. She wiped herself off on a pile of fallen leaves. Rehearsal may have gone well, but she clearly didn't channel Lioness offstage. No. Makana stumbled to her feet, sore and defeated. The real animal kingdom was clearly against her. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Once again, Station With Stories is online. StationWithStories.com is the way that you find everything related to the podcast. You can reach out to me there. You can definitely listen to the podcast there. And you can read all of the flash fiction and other pieces that I have shared with you all. And y'all, you know, I've already mentioned Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, Station underscore Story. And if you have not left a review, leave a review, a good review, y'all, and rate the podcast. Give it all the stars. And of course, what do I always say? Share. Share the podcast. Let other people know about Station with Stories and why you love this podcast. I will be back next Monday. It's Station with Stories, and I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. Bye, peeps.